0: I couldn't be more excited to announce that the official noose and seeing other people merch collab is finally here. I put so much care and thought into the designs for this line. I really wanted each product to represent seeing other people and this community. And when I think of seeing other people and all of the listeners and the family here, I think of how empathetic we all are and how communicative we are and how we all want to provide each other with comfort. And so I really incorporated those values into all of the products. And there are shirts that say emotional support human. There's a sweatshirt that says double text. There is a long sleeve that says emotionally available and so much more. Check it out at www.wearenoose.com. That's N-U-S. And of course, links are in bio on all social platforms. I'm so excited. Check it out and let me know what you guys get. I can't wait to see it on you. Hey guys, it's Lana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I haven't said that in about a week because I was away in Aruba with two of my childhood best friends, Julia and Sophia. And so I didn't do any recordings. And for me to not do a recording in a week, like that is crazy. So obviously, naturally, I I have three today because, you know, why would I just ease back in when I could book three? Um, But I have a really exciting episode coming up for you guys today with Sammy Wonder. She is a leading international relationship and dating expert. She specializes in working with ambitious, high-achieving, successful women. And she just has amazing advice, even if you are not a high-achieving, successful woman. Um, So definitely stay tuned and check this episode out, um, whether or not that resonates with you. We talk a lot about her story and how she went from being the girl who lost men constantly and would chase men and like really had all the same dating problems that I've had and that I know a lot of you guys have to figuring out what she was actually doing that was like holding her back and completely changing her mindset, changing her dating behaviors. And within nine months from meeting this man, she fell in love with him and they're married, happily married with two kids. And I'll let her tell the rest of the story. But it's truly amazing. We talk about um, the different mindset shifts that she went through in order to get to where she wanted to be in her dating life. We talk about the concept of rotational dating, a lot of the main reasons why people are single without realizing it and how identifying why you're single is the biggest step in changing that and getting into a relationship. Um we talk about attracting love when you're still focusing on your career without sacrificing success and also making time for dating when you're super busy. Amazing episode. Sammy is absolutely brilliant. She is incredible. I'm so honored to have her. Before I get into the episode, something came up the other day that I like really want to talk about. So I was watching the show F Boy Island. And there was a part in it. So it's this new show on HBO Max. And one thing that really like caught my attention was at the end. So there's like 14 guys who are F boys and 14 guys who are nice guys, but the three women hosts like don't or daters don't know who's who. And at the end of each week, they there's an elimination round and they choose two people who are their bottom two, and then they eliminate one of them. But they still let the other like bottom person know that they're in the bottom two. And so what was really interesting, and I hope I'm explaining this well, if you've never seen the show, check it out. It's wildly entertaining. Um, But one of the hosts or one of the women who, like the main three women, there was this guy that she was really into, had a great connection with, but he like did something to kind of piss her off. And she really wanted to like show him who's boss and be like, like, I have you wrapped around my finger. This is my shit. Like I'm the boss here, not you. And so she put him in the bottom too, even though like he was clearly her front runner. He was clearly the one she had the strongest connection with. And the host Nikki Glaser changed the rules on the women for this one round and said, everyone in the, in your bottom two is being eliminated. We're not just doing one elimination. We're eliminating both people in everyone's bottom two. And so because she tried to play this game of like, well, I'm the boss. She literally lost the opportunity to pursue this relationship with this guy who she, without a doubt, like would have left and ended up with. Um, And so that was just really interesting to me to see like it's this whole concept of like playing games to remind someone like this is my world like you're lucky to be dating me and whatnot and and I can really take the reins on this and all that but then like it's like playing hard to get and then losing somebody because they think you're not interested it's like you just really should be straightforward with people and and don't try and and play too many games because it really could mess it up and you guys know me I've been like anti games the whole time. But I just thought this was a really good example of why you should not play games for real, because you could end up losing somebody who you really like had the intention of ending up with. So check out FBoy Island. That's my little plug for that. Um, But it was really, really interesting, like deep, meaningful interaction that happened amidst like a reality show, which is always rare to come by. Anywho, we're going to get into the Sammy Wonder episode. I'm so excited. And we will bring her in. As always, seeing other people is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Guys, Mindset Wellness CBD just released a, um, a new pack of gummies that it's like actually a mixture. So you don't have to even choose your mindset. You can get one container that has happy, rest, beauty, health, focus and sleep and calm all in one. Like, and that's literally the dream. I've ordered mine, you have to order yours. That way you can just try them all out and figure out what mindset you want either in that moment or what mindset you want to really like, Be like, all right, I need like the sleep gummies really help me I'm gonna get I'm gonna stock up on the rest gummies and buy them. So definitely check out that new product. It is amazing. Mindsetwellness.com. They actually dropped Mindset Wellness CBD. It's now they dropped the CBD. It's now just Mindsetwellness.com. Head there. Thank me later. Let's get into it. And we are here with the amazing Sammy Wonder. Sammy, thank you so much for being here. Would you mind just letting the Seeing Other People listeners know a little bit about who you are and what your background is? Absolutely.
1: So glad to be here, Ilana. And my name is Sammy Winder. As Ilana just said, I am a leading dating and relationship expert, and I specialize in helping high-achieving women find and keep amazing love. So I have this background story of career transition where I was a trained economist uh, from a top university in India, and then I decided to become a love coach put all my bank and consultancy jobs aside and help other high achieving, smart, successful women find love because that was the pain point in my life. And that was where I was struggling a lot. So I was really good at economics, but somehow men were very confusing and unpredictable for me. And I was a miserable dater. And I realized that marriage, kids, all of those traditional things were important to me. And I totally believe in women's rights today to say that those things are still important to some of us women and I was one of those women and so I owned my desires uh, for love healthy happy love and I realized that unless and until I did something to change my approach to love I'll keep having the same results again and again so that's where my entire personal journey of transformation started with you know studying about romantic relationships, studying about polarity between men and women, masculine, feminine, the importance of self-worth and healthy boundaries. And it completely changed my life. I met and married my husband within nine months of seeing him. And today we're eight and a half years, happily married. I'm a mother to two beautiful boys And life is good, and I'm so passionate about helping other women, smart, successful women, have and experience the same kind of love that I have in my life, and even more, without dumping down, playing small, or feeling like they have to give up on their success.
0: Wow, I love all of that and it's so amazing to hear your story with that too and that you realized that you had everything you wanted in your career but the one thing like like you said the biggest pain point was missing love and missing that life partner and it's amazing that like you really took that by the reins and were like I'm going to do something about it and then when you did you were like you know what I can take what I just learned and help other people with it, which is so amazing, because I know the reason I ended up in the dating world is because of how much I struggled. And while I hadn't figured it out, and I don't call myself a dating expert, me fig like me talking about what I was going through and figuring out my dating life helped other people along the way. And so I realized the more I can do that, and the more I can kind of relate to other people with the struggles I've been through, like the more we'll all learn together. So I love I love your journey and your story. And I think that's amazing. I would love to get into a few of the things that you did to really change the way you were dating and end up in this successful, happy partnership and and marriage with your kids. Um, So if you don't mind getting into, I guess some of the behavioral changes that you made or some of the main problems that you realized you were struggling with and how you ended up flipping those around?
1: Yeah, great question. And I could technically talk about this for hours. But if I had to, if I had to give you some bullets, I think one major mindset shift that happened for me was to know that I was the prize in love. And it's so important that women internalize this message and let it sink in, because it's easy to say intellectually, yes, of course, I'm the prize, you know, I'm I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I have, I'm successful, I have a great career. But it's only when you internalize that you are worth it, and that you are actually the prize that men should be chasing and not the other way around. Mm -hmm. that is when your entire energetic dynamic in dating shifts so for me for example even though I was reasonably good looking I was smart I was chasing men all the time every time I saw a man that I thought had potential you know I would text him I would start a conversation I would give my number and i would say call me and then if he wouldn't text or call i would just do it myself because i'm a woman of the 21st century and i can go after whatever i want and i would you know offer to pay on dates and i would offer to give gifts and like you know woo the men and try to seduce the man into seeing what a great catch i was and i think intellectually i was coming from this position of, you know, I'm a strong woman. I have a master's degree. Why wouldn't I go for what I want, right? But when you look at my feeling, like if you were to ask me, Sammy, what were you feeling back then when you were doing all of those things? I would say I was coming from a place of fear, control, and insecurity. I really did not believe that I was worthy, I did not believe that a man could walk up to me and say, Hey, what are you doing on Friday? Let's go out. And interestingly enough, all the men who actually did that, I would rate them down and I would give them like minus points. Um, they weren't attractive. They weren't interesting to my ego because they saw something in me. They they thought I was worth it. And I didn't completely believe I was worth it. And so when they tried to tell me through their actions that I was worth it, I would reject them because it wouldn't match my internal story or my internal dialogue about myself. But the men who weren't showing their interest in me and the men who weren't into me, there, You know, they were matching my internal dialogue and like they were giving me the signal that I'm not worth it. And my ego wanted to chase them and prove to them that I can conquer you and I can seduce you and I can do this. And so I'm going to do it and prove to you and to myself that I'm worth it. Now, I have a lot of compassion for that version of me, a lot of love and compassion. What I know today, you know, I when I look back at that version of myself, um, um, I just yeah, I, I feel compassionate towards her because she was not in touch with her true worth. So I think one of the biggest differences um, in my dating attitude and mindset was to now embody the energy of being the prize in love, which meant that I could lean back. I could relax. And the great men that I liked, I could just look at them give them a smile, and that would be enough for them to walk up to me, to ask me out, to want to spoil me, to want to give to me. And it was up to me to be able to let that love in and to be able to receive that love. So I would say that would be like one big mindset shift.
0: Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash otherpeople today to get 10% off your first month. That's better slash other people.
1: I think the second really big mindset shift was to not get hyper-focused on any one man. Um, This happens... To the best of us. Um, <laughs>
0: Does it now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, today I, I run a multi-seven figure company and I've served thousands of women across the globe and I've helped them have uh, amazing love with over 255 of our clients now engaged using the processes I teach. But I have to say I did a lot of the things myself that my clients do today. So um, I remember being Whenever I met a guy who had potential, I would just get really excited and get all hot and heavy and intense and like jump right in with both my feet and my head and my heart, all of it inside. Um, And it usually ended up causing a lot of uh, premature attachment with men who were not really a good match, but just offered a lot of intensity and spark and connection and chemistry right at the start. Chemical love, as I like to call it. And um, so the second mindset shift was to really take my time and to pace men because you really don't know someone till you have spent a given amount of time with them. So whatever impressions you have in the first two, three, four dates on the first week, on the second week, a lot of it is the projection of your own mind and you Mm -hmm. extrapolating on who this person is and how how they you know might end up uh, being as a partner. But the truth is you can only get to know somebody over time and by mm-hmm. seeing them in different situations and by seeing how they treat their family, treat their loved ones, how they behave when they're angry, how they behave when life disappoints them. So there's so many factors to consider when it comes to soulmate selection. And a lot of us just sort of go in with the chemistry bit and just dive right in, let it blind us, And not look at the other parts that we need to be evaluating in order to have a really strong connection. So that was the second really big shift for me where I decided not to dive hard first and decided to actually dive in head first, which means I wanted to keep my options open. I wanted to rotational date and meet lots of men, not just get hyper-focused on one man and see what were the options that were available to me. Because if you've only been given one ice cream flavor, it becomes your favorite flavor. But if you've been given five, 10 different flavors, then you start to really develop a palate and a taste and you understand what range of choices is available to you and how different men treat you differently, what kind of qualities are you looking for, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. So for me, rotational dating is empowerment of women in their love lives. And instead of hyper-focusing on one guy I liked, even when I liked him, I decided to spread my attention, spread my energy, spread my time, contrary to the popular misbelief where people say, oh, I don't want to spread my attention and energy too thin. Because I think a lot of people believe that if you give your all and Every bit of your time, energy and attention to that one person, that's how a relationship develops. But the truth is you cannot artificially speed up relationships this way. Relationships are growing organically over time and artificially speeding up by spending all of your free time with just one person is um, not necessarily the best way for you to, you know, attract the right partner for yourself. Now, number three, I would say was I started to say no and like have really diva boundaries around men, which I was earlier really afraid of having, because I always thought that if you say no, you come across as high maintenance and people don't like you and men don't like you and men like the cool girl and men like the easy girl. So I think that's also something that just plagues uh, women in general, you know this this belief that if you say no and draw boundaries, you're difficult and you're high maintenance. And I flipped that around for myself because what I realized very quickly is that when I started speaking my truth and I started to say no and I started to put my heart first, as I call it in my work, um, what started to happen was that, of course, there was loss, but I was only losing that which wasn't right for me. So I was losing, in terms of value, I was not losing much at all because all the men who could not stand a woman speaking up, could not stand a woman not making them the center of her world, they disappeared really fast. And only genuine men—men men who were willing to make efforts, men who were willing to cater to your needs as well—and not just be all about themselves—you know—they they they carried on and they were happy to say, "Sure, you know, if that works for you, great. If not, okay, I understand." You know. So I think uh, understanding the importance of boundaries and not selling your soul just to get a soulmate, I think, is a um, was a major shift. And of course, there's a lot more. But last lastly, I would like to say that the switch from embodying my masculine to embodying my feminine energy was such a game changer, because I work with high achieving women from all over the world. Um, I work with, you know, senior executives, I work with doctors, lawyers, um, they're really smart women. And what they do, just like me, is that, you know, they have a lot of empowered masculine energy, they're go getters, they go get shit done. And mm-hmm. then they take that energy and transfer it from their work life into their love life. And then what happens is, if you understand polarity and how sexual attraction works between men and women, it's a, always about opposite energies attracting. So masculine attracts feminine. And if masculine, masculine comes together, it headbutts. So there's a lot of conflict mm-hmm. and like headbutting in arguments. And if feminine and feminine comes together, nothing happens. Because like you would look at each other and you give each other hugs, but nothing right. happens. There's no sexual tension there. So... I was leading a lot of my my approach in dating was very masculine. You know, like you like a guy, you move towards him, you hyper-focus, laser-focus, then you decide how you seduce him. And it never worked for me. And that's when... She, Flipping it around and switching into my feminine energy made me realize that, you know, when I was dating in my masculine, I was attracting men who were more in their feminine. Like they were very happy with me doing the work. Hey, let's hang out. They'll be like, sure, let's do that. And then I wonder why he never asks. Like, why do I always have to ask, you know, (laughs) like whenever I ask, he says yes. So he's responsive, but he never takes the initiative. He never does it by himself. And so when I was in my masculine, I would attract what I call all these project men who were lazy, who were passive. And I'd keep wondering, like, he's a nice guy. So they reflected a lot of feminine energy. So they were laid laid back, relaxed. You could just pick them up and drive them off and they'd be okay with it, you know. But then my heart was craving for somebody who was more in control was you know willing to do things for me was willing to bring me flowers take me on special dates cherish me um you know bring me presents be there for me and Mm -hmm. not me having to do all of the work in the relationship and that's when i understood the importance of intentional creating intentional polarity inside our relationships that's when i switched to feminine leaned back relaxed let the men do the work And that's what changed everything for me. And I I feel like this is the missing piece of the puzzle for so many high achieving and successful women who keep coming to me and asking me, why do I attract these broke men? Why do I attract Mm -hmm. these project men, men who don't have jobs, men who who don't have their life together? And I have my life together. You know, I'm ready. Give me that man. And I think it's about understanding The kind of man you want, the empowered masculine man, what is he looking for? Is he looking for another man in a woman's body? No, he's not, right? So he's looking to experience that feminine energy. And uh, this is, I would say, was such a huge game changer for me personally in my love life.
0: That's so interesting. And and the masculine feminine energy concept is something that I've never really thought of before. So hearing it really explained for the first time, it does make sense to me, especially I mean, in like a heterosexual relationship completely makes sense but it is interesting that that's never come to mind for me because I always was the person who like you in the past would chase somebody or like if I wanted to hang out with them I'd ask them for plans but then they like you said they would never ask me but they would say yes and keep talking to me I'm like well why aren't they asking me to hang out but I really wasn't giving them the chance to because I was like well I want it so I'm gonna go after it um, so that's really interesting to hear kind of some of the actual reasoning behind that. I do want to go back through some of the points that you made and, and ask a few questions, because as you were explaining everything, I did recognize like a lot of like uh, behaviors in myself and, and some of the seeing other people listeners that I've spoken to. So going back to the first mindset shift from like, like to becoming the prize and becoming the thing that like a guy need, like should really want to achieve and get at the end of the day, how do you go about actually like convincing yourself of that? Because sometimes it's, it's so hard, especially when you've been out there dating for a while and you start to like really lose confidence and it's like, I've done everything right. And nobody wants me and what more could I be doing? And so my question is how do you really change that narrative? Because it's also like when, It's like if we assume that it's not going to work out or we keep going on dates with people and and they keep proving that it's not working out, it just makes it harder. So how did you really go about and how do you like kind of teach and train people to actually shift their mindset into like they are the prize?
1: Great question. And I can so empathize. Um, I think what is most important and what I teach my clients is to not take rejection personally in dating. I think that is the number one skill you want to develop, which is, you know, even if it's not working out with 20 people, it doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong with you. So I always, you know, tell my clients this story about the value of the ring, the true value of the ring, where this old dying master gives a ring to a little boy who is an apprentice under him. And then he says, go get the best price for this ring. Um, before I am dying, I want to, you know, I want to make sure we have the money. And so the little boy goes, you know, door to door and tries to sell it to people and people look at it. Somebody offers him a dollar, somebody offers him $5. Somebody looks at it and laughs and says, good luck, you know, good luck trying to even get $10 for this. And so the boy comes back disappointed and says, nobody wants this and nobody cares about this. And I'm just so disappointed and sad and I don't think it's worth it, you know, and then he uh, master sends him again to a jeweler and then the jeweler looks at it and says, OK, I'm going to give you fifty thousand dollars for it. But um, I want to make sure today I can only pay ten thousand dollars cash. And is it OK if I come tomorrow and pay the rest to you, to the master? And then when he comes back happy and jumpy to the master, the master says it's not about the money. It's about showing you that the value of the ring was always inside it but all those people did not see it and it took the right eye and the right person to recognize the value and so you never want to forget your value even regardless of how some other people may not be validating you or may not be seeing your value and i think this is where you it's it's very close the, the message that i teach to my clients which is You do not want to take men's rejection personally. You always want to remember my mantra is it's not about rejection. It's just about not being a good fit. It's never personal. It's just always about not being a good fit. And I think more than anything, one needs to develop the muscle of feeling worthy on the inside. I actually believe that when women come to my programs and when they do the work with us and they do the inner work, uh, it does not have to take 20 rejections to meet the right person. Because when you are, believe it or not, so many times people are sensing, it's like People have a radar for sensing our insecurities and our lack of self-worth or our belief in ourselves. And if Mm -hmm. you have been spending time building that muscle, so whether you do it through affirmations, whether you do it through the tools we teach you. So, for example, one of the things I make my clients do is to ask them to make a list of where do they think they get their worth from and then they write their jobs, their convertibles, their houses, uh, their great bodies and how they look. And I'm like, what if none of that was what made you worthy? You know, what if your true worth is inside you and it's this formless, infinite spirit that exists inside you? And what if this is where, you know, which is the vortex of all the amazingness you have to offer to life and to men? And what if you showed up with just this, And this belief that this makes you enough. So I think if you practice this sense of worthiness, which is disconnected or separated from all these external things that society tells us we need to have in order to be worthy. I think you build that muscle of self-trust and self-love. And then you actually don't need to go on 100 dates. For, for the right person to see your value. You need to mm-hmm. go to that one right jeweler and he'll see right through because you've been training that muscle. So I, I mean, I think um, just before we move on, I think it's important to say rejection is not personal. It's just not a good fit. Know your worth, but do the inner work to solidify that worth. Because if you feel empty and hollow, A lot of the times and you feel like, you know, you can't get out of the spin that your mind, you know, the thoughts that you keep getting about yourself or you can't get out of this, you know, uh, these thoughts that you're not good enough and something is wrong with you with something that my clients tell me a lot. I think it's so important without shame to ask for help, to get help. And to get coaching and to get mentorship and support, because so often it's, it's really just a few tweaks in our mindset and the few tweaks in our strategy and off we go, you know, things work out. But if we try to do it and figure it out by ourselves, it can take so much longer. It can be so much more heartbreak and mistakes and struggles.
0: Yeah, I I'm not going to lie. I got the chills with the when you told the ring story. I think that's really amazing and and something special and something to definitely keep in mind. And what you said about like rejection isn't personal, it's just not a good fit. I know that's something that I I try to remind my friends of when they're struggling with dating where it's like and it was something I tried to remind myself too of when I was single, it's like you could go on dates with people and it's okay if they decide they don't want to continue seeing you. Like it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that the two of you don't, like are not the perfect match. And that's okay because you're not supposed to like, and be liked by everyone you go on a date with. That's not realistic. Like you're not supposed to be compatible with every single person. So I really like that. That's something that you learned and and are able to teach people because I do think it's so important. Um, In terms of like people who don't feel that like themselves as worthy Do you believe in the concept of like, you have to love yourself before you can be loved by someone else? Because that's something that I always hear very mixed uh, opinions on. And, And so I'm wondering, I know, your advice was like, ask for help, because it could just be a few mindset shifts. But sometimes I wonder if somebody ends up meeting somebody who like fills them up and makes them feel better. That's amazing. But it does it, it does worry me that then if something happens and that relationship doesn't work out the fall and the crash is so much harder than if you had that foundation of self-love.
1: I think what you're talking about is codependency and codependency in any form is not healthy. So mm-hmm. like if you, your happiness depends on having a relationship um, it, it's not a good place to be. Or if your happiness, yeah. if you only feel whole and complete, but someone, when you have a man in your life, uh, that's also not, a good place to be because it will leave you in a very codependent uh, dynamic where the other party you will become dependent on them for your happiness and your fill of uh, love and oxytocin Mm -hmm. having said that um do i believe that we need to love ourselves fully and completely before we can attract a great partner in our lives no because i believe that this is a journey when my clients ask me sammy today they meet the CEO of a seven-figure company and they're like, oh wow, she's like, she's really good at what she does and she's she's got it going. But I wasn't this person when I attracted my husband. I mm-hmm. had my insecurities and I was working on myself, but I was in no way perfect. And I'm not perfect today either. I still have my insecurities every now and then. Maybe I don't have insecure weeks and days. I have insecure moments, but I still mm-hmm. have them, right? So I think setting yourself up for this unrealistic destination that when I'm healed and when I love myself completely, then my soulmate will come is actually a block to love where so many people think like, oh my God, I've got these triggers. And oh my God, I still have these insecurities. And oh my God, I still can't always draw my boundaries. And oh my God, I don't even know about feminine energy. That's why a man can't enter my life. And to that, I say BS because your man can enter your life while you are working on yourself, working on your foundation, and you're still, while being imperfect, deserving of whole and healthy love, right? So I always like to say, you're this person who is work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time. And uh, this journey of self-love and this journey of connecting with yourself, your needs, your boundaries, learning to communicate in whole uh, healthy ways with men, this is never ending. I'm eight years married and I still sometimes trip up and I still have to go back to my own tools and I still have to say, okay, what did I say in the communication module? What am I saying here to my husband? Why is it triggering me so much how he's talking to me? So I still, it's, a, it's an ongoing journey. And just because you're imperfect or you don't love yourself 100% doesn't mean that you can't have love in your life. But do you depend on another to love and fix you? Nope, that's unhealthy as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that was really, really well said and a really good kind of explanation and, and solve for that. Um, I, I would love to spend like all day going over um, some of the other mindset shifts. But one thing I really want to kind of jump ahead to and talk about is the like, ability to identify why you're still single. I know you've done some work with this and you have a few like core reasonings and a lot of the Seeing Other People listeners are single and it is sometimes hard where it's like I said before, like you're doing everything, you're trying, hopefully. Um, and it's like, why am I still single? What's wrong with me? And, and that's a question that people are asked. Like I know I've been asked before, why am I still single? I've asked other people like, why do you think you're single? And, and that's something I... I think is important to be able to identify. So I would love to hear um, from your experience and and your work, what you've identified as like the main reasons why people are still single and what they can then do about that.
1: Okay, great question. (laughs) Um, I think the first thing I'd like to start with is for all the single people, how much is this a priority for you? Because when, at least that's who I am, when something is a priority for me, I give it focus, I give it time, I give it energy, and I give it attention. But most of the single women who come to me, you know, they come to me late in their 40s or, you know, in their mid-30s. And they say that, you know, they've never really made before they've worked with me, they've never really made intentional time dating, So it's like whatever God sends me or whatever my friends send me, you know, and there's all this spaghetti being thrown on the wall and hoping it works. So I think you have to get really honest and serious with yourself and ask yourself, is this really a priority? Because what is a priority, time, energy, attention, money flows to it. And Mm -hmm. if it's not a priority for most people, you know, like they date based on God and the universe, and that's never a good strategy. Like all smart, successful women have plans for their businesses, but if you ask them, what is your plan for your love life? They'll tell you, oh, when God will make it happen. And then, you know, when that doesn't work out, it's sometimes it's a little late for, for, for these women.
0: You know, it's it's funny that you mention that because I have a friend that comes to mind who she's one of the, she's going to be without a doubt, one of the most successful women that I have ever met. And she already is at, she's like 25 and she's already, years ahead like so incredibly successful but she's never had a significant other she's never been in love she's never even really like had any type of relationship that was beyond just like a date or two or like a friend that she maybe had a crush on and for her she she like she's like I can't focus on dating until like I crush it in my career or until like this happens or until I make this Forbes list or until yada 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 but then she's like it sucks that like I'm still single and I'm like well why don't you like try dating she's like I just like don't feel like it like why do I have to like put effort into that like it should just happen and I'm like it's probably not just going to happen because it's not you're not focused on it at all. It's literally the last thing on your list, but then you bring it up and you wonder why. So it it is really interesting to see that play out with somebody who is so one dead set focused on her career.
1: Absolutely. And I think if you just look at the, uh, you know, contradictory energy in career and love Mm -hmm. in career, it's about I'm going to make it happen. Why would I wait on somebody else to make, give this to me? You know, I'm going to be the Fobs 30 under 30. Yeah. But when it comes to our love life, we want to give it, give the onus or give the ownership to somebody else to make things happen for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, this is where I actually tell women, take Control of your love life, you know, and also because the more successful you are, the more high achieving you are, you're looking for a different caliber of man. And that caliber of man doesn't just knock at your door. Well, sometimes right. in rare occasions and on in movies, that he does. But uh, in real life, like you've got to, you've got to, you know, make the effort to strategically position yourself in places where these men are hanging out because uh, he just doesn't fall from the heavens. So I think really making it a priority, really taking ownership and I can tell you one thing I think I was lucky in the sense that I was a I was an old soul in a young body back in 20 when I was 21 22 years old I somehow knew for a fact that I will make multi-millions and I will do good in the world but not without love it was non-negotiable for me you know because I know that you can go to go be on your deathbed and have lots of money in your bank account. But if you have nothing in life to look back to where you felt seen, heard, appreciated, Mm -hmm. where you, you know, really touched somebody's heart and that person touched your heart. I think that's a really sad life with all our achievements. I think that's not what we think about on our deathbed that I wish I had Got forbes forty under forty also you know it's it's yeah. more it's more like, oh, I wish I had you know spent more time with the person I loved. so for me, yeah. it was always important, and I think there are a lot of women out there for whom it is important, but they just don't know that they can ask for help. I think there's a lot of shame still attached to asking for help in the love coaching field. I've Mm -hmm. seen my smart and successful clients, they invest thousands with business coaches and to like get their business off the ground. That's not a second thought for that. But for the love life, I think there's always, there's always that fear, you know, I have to be vulnerable. I have to like ask for help and I don't look like I'm in control. And that's Mm -hmm. a feeling a lot of women tend to avoid, which actually is point number two. Why are single people single? Um, I think a lot of the time, um, the high achieving, successful woman carries some sense of silent shame around her struggles. You know, she thinks that she should be able to do this on herself, by herself. Other women have men by themselves. Why isn't she able to have a great man in her life by herself? And so I think there's a lot of stigma and shame that women burden themselves with, which they should not, because I think this is just about being smart. I think as an expert, I hire experts to help me all the time. You know, after I lost, after I gave birth to my second son, I was struggling with weight loss postpartum. And so I realized, you know, I don't have to be an expert in everything. I can be good at Mm -hmm. love, but I can still ask for help from a weight loss coach or a health coach. So I think just not wanting to be the expert of it all and being perfect in every area of your life, but actually having the courage and vulnerability to say, you know, I need support in this area. This is important to me and being able to ask for that help. I think number three would be um, what I already said, which is a lot of high achieving, smart, successful women are approaching unintentionally and innocently their love lives with the same energy that they approach their work lives with. You know, it's very businesslike. I've even got clients who tell me, you know, they don't even change their business suit. They just go in that black suit um, on a date. And I'm like, can you think about it in the morning to carry your dress and your lipstick with you and, you know, put, put on some perfume? I mean, mm-hmm. of course, these are extreme cases, doesn't happen all the time. But to just say that, you know, being able to separate and switch the energy like your work demands you to be strong to be in control to be taking initiative leading planning organizing all of those things masculine but when you come on a date you want to be able to switch roles so to speak Mm -hmm. and then you want to use dating to relax not use dating to perform a lot of women end up performing on dates that's why dating feels so exhausting because it's like you're sitting there and you're trying to be witty and you're trying to be smart and you're trying to be engaging and then when you walk out of the date, you feel like, oh, my God, that was like worse than a job interview. You know? yeah. So much, so much adrenaline flowing through my body because of the performance I had to give. So I think feminine energy is the opposite of performance. It's like literally energetically leaning back, relaxing, knowing that you're enough. And then letting the man take the lead, um, not filling in the silences, not filling in the gaps, not feeling mm-hmm. this pressure to sort of somehow be an entertainer or a performer, and in that space of effortlessness, when you stop making the effort to make the connection happen, that's when you give the masculine the chance to step up, rise for you, connect with you. Its Effort is the enemy of connection. Organic connection happens by itself. And so many of us go out there in our masculine, perform, try to make the connection happen. But a lot of the high-achieving clients who are single – Uh, I always tell them, it's not that you're not doing enough. It's that you're doing too much. You need to tone it down. You need to relax. You need to let go. You're enough. You don't need to work so hard for a man. The man should be working hard for you.
0: Yeah, it it can definitely be tough because you go into it the way you would go into like a business pitch where it's like, I have to prove myself, I have to win this person over. But that's not at all what it should be. Because if that's how if you're showing up to a first date and and putting on this act, and you're doing it for the first few dates, then when you show who you really are, they're going to be like, wait, what, like, this is totally different. And you want somebody to like you for who you are, not for the act that you're putting on. Um, yeah. And just so,
1: and just yeah. like even as a recruiter, you know, in a job interview, I think they can smell when a candidate is like proving hard and trying hard. Yeah. And then there is that candidate who, of course, shows their merit, but doesn't try too hard. And I think um, in dating and relationships, energy really talks. So if you go in with that energy of trying to prove yourself, um, why would you want to prove yourself if you actually knew you were worthy and you really believed in that? In fact, I remember when I went out with Chris, my husband, um, I did not mention that I could speak three languages and I could I had traveled over 20 countries But by the time I was 21 years old. Um, and this was on purpose, because I wanted him to know me for me, for the girl I am, what makes me laugh, what makes me cry, you know, uh, sharing moments of silence together, walking, holding hands not saying anything to each other versus try to prove all these masculine merits that I had. You know, like I spoke at Columbia University. Of course, he got to know these merits over time and he's proud of them. But till today, our bond and our relationship is not based on the fact that I'm a CEO or I'm so successful or, you know, it it does not interest my husband. It's not why he loves me. He loves me when I was not on Forbes and when I was not, uh, you know, uh, making... um, the money I make today or helping the number of people I help today. He chose me for the person I am and he till today loves me for the person I am. So it's so important that we don't over identify with work and success and we don't feel like those are the defining uh, factors that make men choose us because mm-hmm. it's simply not true. Um, I, I think um, a lot of high achieving women think that their success is a problem. I used to think this too. I used to think not my success is a problem because back then I wasn't technically so successful when I Mm -hmm. married Chris, you know, I was still very much um, a smart woman with a great job, but it's different today. Right. Um, But I used to think that my brains intimidate men and that men don't like smart women. (laughs) Um, And that was something I had to really overcome because when I started to understand the psychology of the empowered man, you know, he wasn't looking for the same qualities that he has in himself in a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like He's not searching for the smartest, the most successful, the 30 under 30 pops. He's looking for a heart to heart connection with a woman who gets him and who he gets Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. looking for an emotional bond and that has little to do with our titles and our achievements and even our brains, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, Now, does it mean that men don't like women with brains and smartness and success? No, it just means that they don't love us for it. You are not going to be loved for how smart you are. You're not going to be loved for how successful you are because that is still not the place where emotional connection is happening. So my husband loves me for the woman I am. He's proud of my success, but he doesn't love me for my success. And it also means that tomorrow, if I had none of what I have today, it would also be okay with them because it's not the foundation of our connection or our bond. And that is how every high achieving successful woman should be approaching dating, which is, it's not about the money I make. It's not about my success. Um, It's about being able to be vulnerable enough to connect for him to be able to see who I am as a person and to give him that, um, you know, to allow him the absolute privilege to see me and to, 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 to see the person I am behind all this success. I think that is where vulnerability is. And that is the secret to real connection.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's something that's really good advice for people who even might not be high, successful, like highly achieving women, because I know I have friends who they're not where they want to be in their careers, and they feel really lost, or they were laid off from a job or whatever the reason is and they feel like because of that nobody's going to want them and they can't date right now because of that and it's not about that at all yes maybe you you inside you feel insecure because of that but that's not going to stop somebody from like seeing who you are and finding the things about you that you like and I know that's something that's really hard to remind yourself of when you're in that situation because you might just feel so low but I really think it's, it's so true and something to try and keep in mind you know, as we're talking about really leaving work at work and, and changing the mindset of a date to be relaxing and not like an interview and not like a business meeting, I think it's really important to mention that there are things that you can do to get in that right mindset and not have it be the things that you don't want it to be, and one thing I love to do before a date is dance around my room and and like blast music. Another thing I like to do is take a mindset while in a CBD calm gummy, so that I'm calm. I'm not thinking about everything I did at work. I'm not going into this being like, all right, I have to really impress them, and I can really just like calm down, get into a more relaxed mindset for the date. And I think that that's something that everyone would benefit from. So definitely try it out. Head to mindsetwellness.com. You can grab the Calm gummies. They taste amazing. They're gluten-free. They're vegan. They're non-GMO. They're organic. And you will have better dates and less dating anxieties too. Always got to mention that. So mindsetwellness.com. And of course, use code seeing other people at checkout if you want 10% off and free shipping.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, it's so great that you bring up this idea around how the opposite is also true, that even if you don't have the fan- fanciest job or car, it's not the defining factor in your love yeah. success. And um, I The story comes to mind quickly of my client, Petra, you know, she lost her job while dating this um, amazing guy and he was so supportive. She used to be a really smart ass uh, real estate agent in Manhattan. And then she got fired for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And um, they kept dating. They went all the way. He kept moving forward. He kept supporting her. And then she found a job again in like eight months time. But yeah. She had her insecure moments around it, but I just told her, hey, it doesn't matter. You know what? You're still valuable. You're still worthy. You still add a lot of value to his life. So don't worry about this. This is not where your worth comes from. Um, Of course, we can have insecure moments around this, but it should not be defining the foundation of the relationship we have.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's something we see a lot in, in movies and TV shows where somebody loses their job and they're so afraid to tell their significant other about it. so And they end up not telling them. And what ends up happening at the end of the episode or the movie is that the their, their partner was just upset that they didn't communicate that to them because they wouldn't have cared. They're like, OK, we'll figure it out together. But like, how could you not tell me? And I think that goes back to like the fear of like, this person's not going to love me if I don't have this thing. But it's just at the end of the day, it's really not true. Um, One quick thing I want to get into before I let you go is about making time for dating, of course, with super successful people and, and females. And I mean, anyone, especially like life is busy. Life is hard, especially these days. And my question is, how do you advise your clients on making time for dating if they're so busy or if their work schedule is crazy or they work nights and weekends stuff like that because I think that's something that a lot of people run into where sometimes people do want to date but they don't think they have time to
1: yeah so I think again it's we're coming back to if it's a priority you will make time for it right and if Mm -hmm. it's not a priority you can just be honest about it and say it's not a priority but don't say it's a priority and feel sad that you don't have a partner and then not make time to date um In terms of dating, I think I'm a huge fan of online dating. Uh, It gets such a bash in the high-achieving women's circle. But the truth is that over 200 of my clients have found love online. Great husbands on Tinder, great husbands on League, uh, Mm. Hinge, Match. So... um, 10 minutes a day, if you have 10 minutes a day to just, you know, put up the most amazing profile and then put up the most amazing photos and then just scroll, who's, you know, sent your messages and do five minutes of outreach yourself, like yeah. just like do a little research on what you like and send some swipes left and right and likes. Um, I think that's it. You don't have to overexert yourself. And then you just have to take the conversation off from the app into the real yeah. world, get on the phone call, get do a vetting call for like 10 minutes. Um, give the guy the time you're you're free, talk to him and don't get lost in what I call the texting trap. Don't text day and night, don't become buddies and pen pals with men you're dating, no. not at all, not good territory to be in. And instead give the script, um, it's great to hear from you. I am not that much into texting. I'd much rather do this face-to-face, let me know. Yep. And a smart man will take that as a clue to ask you out. And then I would say, ideally two dates a week if you can see them as relaxation. Now, of course, mm-hmm. the whole attitude is really important because if you see that see this as a chore or a burden at the end of a long day, you don't want that. But my clients, because they see dating as a relaxation activity, they're like, oh, I get to finally relax. I get to go away from my kids. The babysitter's there. Mm-hmm. Or I get to like, uh, you know, get out of my office and get out of my head and put on a nice dress and put on like... Well, great lipstick, listen to Sammy's diva affirmations and then go there. I am the prize. Uh, And then let a guy treat me, invite me, enjoy a nice red wine, enjoy dinner, enjoy getting to know another human being. If it works, great. If it doesn't, too bad, you know. Um, And if you can have that kind of attitude, then I would say slot two evenings a week. For dating, so that whenever a guy asks you out, you don't have to think about it. You can say, I'm free on Wednesday because you're always free on Wednesday. That's your dating night, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you're free on Saturday. um, And you can just sort of tell that without having to constantly check your calendar. And if you don't have dates, then spend that time as a ritual for your love life, you know, create space in your closet, um, go on the apps again, you know, do some inner work, self-love boundaries and get into that space where you're telling the universe, this is important to me. I'm ready for this. Send it.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, I really love all of that. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know you have a little bit of a gift for the seeing other people family. Why don't you tell them about that?
1: Yes, thank you. I'm so excited about this. So this is a gift I have specially prepared for your audience, Ilana. So... The first gift is a free training, 50 minutes long. It's called Lean In at Work, Lean Back in Love. And what it's showing women is how to unlock their magical feminine energy side inside romantic relationships. Because most of my high-achieving, successful clients tell me they've got the masculine energy part knocked down. They know how to do this. But how do I do the embodiment of the feminine energy on dating and inside committed relationships. So that's the training. Um, And the second gift, which is also part of this training, is a PDF. It's called My Top 10 Surprising Scripts to Get Men to Cater to Your Needs. So this is, again, next level PDF with exact scripts and words given around topics of money, navigating money, navigating sex, navigating tension and conflict and argument, and also navigating uh, how to get him to be in charge and take the leadership in the relationship. So my clients always ask me, I get this feminine energy concept, but it's still a little vague in my head. What do I say to embody this. And so these are my top 10 scripts and you get to have both for free today as part of being Ilana's tribe.
0: Perfect. And where can people actually access these?
1: Yeah. So you can access this training on my website, sammywinder.com slash Ilana
0: amazing and I will link that in the show notes and Instagram I will do swipe up so got you guys covered on that I'm so excited for you to check it out thank you so much I'm so excited and I definitely know a lot of listeners who are going to be checking all of that out so I really appreciate it and yeah thank you so much for being here this has been amazing I've learned a lot I have no doubt that the listeners have too and where can people find you
1: yeah so you can find me on com. you just have to make sure the spelling is right s-a-m-i-w-u-n-d-e-r so w-u-n-d-e-r.com you can also follow me on instagram at Sammy coaching. amazing
0: all right well thank you so much and to everyone who tuned in thank you for listening and i'll see you next time